What's going on, guys? Welcome to a Renegade Pop Culture Special podcast. This is our review of Hamilton, available now on Disney+. Plus. My name is Mike. I'll be your captain this evening. And joining me is my uh, co-captain, Hayden. Hello. We will be talking about the live recording on Disney+, Plus, but this musical has been around for, what, five years now? So there's a, there's a lot of history with this. So... Hayden, I hear, I hear you saw a production off-Broadway? Yep, I saw the early um, production at the Public Theater. This was before all the hype came in, and there was already some hype for it, but this was before the hype really, really came in. Um, this was um, the off-Broadway production before it transferred to Broadway. Nice. Um, with the same basic cast. Um, any, any differences you, uh, you remember between, um, the public production and, uh, and Broadway? I believe they just shaved off a few minutes, um, when transitioning. It wasn't anything major, but, like, just very minor trims here and there. Nice. I have never, I have never seen a production before, before watching the recording. And even before that, like, the only songs that I've I've heard were a cover of Right Hand Man by uh, Jonathan Young and Caleb Hiles. So that was my uh, window into, into the Hamilton hype. What, what about yours before, before you saw production? Um, so I was actually in a class in college and every weekend uh, we would go see a different show and the next day we would talk about it. One of those shows Happened to be Hamilton. We were very lucky and got um, tickets at a pretty semi-decent price, actually. Wasn't that expensive for our group rate. Um, so I went in like knowing basically nothing because it hadn't really entered the zeitgeist yet. And I was kind of blown away from the get-go. Like it just kind of had, like I wasn't, didn't know exactly what I was expecting. But what I saw, I was like, okay, I think this might be somewhat huge. And even then, like, even predicting that it was going to be huge, I didn't really expect it to be to the heights of which it became. No pun intended, of course. Right. Actually, that leads me to my next question. This was this was even before like you really knew Lin Man Lin Manuel Miranda. Well, I, I did see in the Heights um, here in Los Angeles, um, like when that toured. That was, I think that was maybe two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, so I was familiar enough with him, but not like really an expert, um, I would say. But I did know of him um, semi-decently. So, yeah, so, sounds about right. I'll, I'll admit that like when the Hamilton hype began in like 2015, 2016, that was like really my introduction to Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I actually became, I, like my fandom of his began with Moana. Mm-hmm. Because that, like, that soundtrack is, is just, for a late-era Disney film, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then I started listening to a little bit more um, like snippets from Hamilton. But then I didn't experience it all in full until, until it premiered on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, let's, let's get right into the meat of, uh, of the discussion. Now, first, ge- general impressions of the of the recording? Um, well, I really liked, loved how it was shot. Um, it wasn't like, I liked how um, they did the camera angles and this being a pro shot. Um, like it 
looked very professional. Um, and I just really enjoyed um, how they worked around actually filming it. And it's, I love how it's more accessible now to people and more Broadway shows, please do this. Release your uh, film pro shots and release them. People will still go to see your shows. So. Agreed. Um, that's, that's one of the things I love about this being on Disney Plus that it, it has the most visibility for, for the show, which is already one of the most like popular Broadway shows in the last decade or so. But yeah, I, I, I love how cinematic um, director Thomas Kale made this. Like the way, um, the way the camera gave like pretty much every, everyone like the time to shine. We'll, we'll, we'll get to our top five uh, musical numbers in a moment, but just, just the, like the, the stage setup, how, how they shot that with the, uh, the turntable stage, I thought, I thought was excellent, especially on um, Satisfied. Mm-hmm. That and Hurricane, I think had some of the best use of, of that set design. Yeah, I agree. All right. Do you want to do you want to get into some some of your uh, favorite musical numbers before before we get to our top five? Any honorable mentions? Um, half of the songs are my honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, so I will. I can mention some that I enjoy a lot. I like the title song, obviously. Um, that didn't quite make it there, but I do really like how it just jumps right in and just gives a brief uh, cliff notes of uh, his early life. Um, Yorktown is always a really great listen um, and watch. Um, a Quiet Uptown is really touching and beautiful. And yeah, um, I guess those are some of my honorable mentions. One one of one of mine that I've gotten into a little bit more is say no to this, just because it remind it reminds me of, like it, it reminds me of like a late '90s R and B track mixed with a little bit of a uh, Prince, in the instrumentals, and yeah. it's just it's just a a very for for a Broadway show it's a it's a very sexy number, yeah. I, I love that song too. And I think it was actually a name. They, they were doing the songs of the year. And I believe that was the one that um, Time Magazine chose as uh, the, their song from Hamilton. Interesting. I believe. Um, it was something like that. But I'm looking it up right now. Should have been more prepared. But uh, yeah, it was uh, one of those articles. They chose uh, Say No to This as uh, one of the top songs of the year um, because they had to do one Hamilton song. They couldn't have multiple. So they went with that one, which I thought was an interesting choice. Yeah, of all the ones to pick, if you could only choose one, they chose Say No to This. Um, let's see, as, as far as honorable mentions go, um, the, like bo- both of the cabinet battles, you know, keep, keeping with the theme of, of mixing American history with hip hop, it it almost seems like the obvious choice to squeeze a rat battle in there, not just not just once but twice. And on the on the mixtape, there there is a um a demo for a third rat battle. I I think those those add, those add like a nice touch and um and they they really kind of add to Alexander Hamilton's character. You know, like the way the way he he uses language to uh, really get his point across and succeed in everything. Yeah. As, f- as far as uh, other audible mentions, the, Sch- the Schuyler sisters is like a really fun uh, introductory uh, number. Yeah, and it's uh, become an iconic meme. So yeah. there's that. 
and Peggy is very, very popular in the Hamill fandom. <laughs> um, the, la the last honorable mentions I'll say are the Ten Dual Commandments and The World Was Wide Enough. Yeah. Because that, that's, that's just a cool uh, counting motif yeah. that, that both use. Yeah. And um, just uh, the way that they uh, choreographed a, a bullet for that song. So um, uh, that there's that a uh, female dancer um, um, played by Ariana DeBose, um, who is the bullet. And um, if you like look throughout the show, like she's comes closer and closer um, as it approaches Hamilton's ultimate demise. And I think that's a really cool choice in terms of theatricality. And that actress is going to be in two musical movies coming out later this year or next year, maybe, if this keeps going, which it probably will. Probably. Um, she is going to be um, one, Anita in the West Side Story remake, um, and two, um, she will be in The Prom, which I may or may not have been on the set of, wink, wink. Oh, yeah. I'm, so, I'm definitely looking forward to, bo to both of those. Yeah, so her star is rising, for sure. All right, shall we go into our top five? I think that's, that sounds great. Um, I'll, let, I'll let you start. Okay, so I think number five, I, would, I really would be who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Because I really, something about it is just resonates and leaves the show off on a good note. And it delivers the thesis of the state of the show um, about like who ends up telling your story and what, your, what person's legacy ends up being. And something about that number combined uh, uh, with all the emotion of it, I just, it's just something that I find really beautiful and touching. Number four, we uh, mentioned it before, but it's actually say no to this. So won't go into too much more detail there, but yeah, really catchy song. Um, something about it's very appealing. Three, Your Obedient Servant, which, um, Leslie Odom Jr. one does beautifully. And I really love how it just delves into his mind and what the character is thinking and really why he chooses to make the decisions that he makes at the end of the show. Um, number two, Satisfied, because it is awesome. And uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry can just sing anything and I would listen. And just a great, great, song not much to say there and my number one favorite is actually burn for some reason it just when i saw it live it just hit me like a brick i don't know what it is about it but just something about it always felt so powerful to me and just seeing it in person that first time i was blown away one by the lyrical content which i think is very beautiful and underrated in the show oh yeah two, um philip I love her, would die for her. Like, I, she is one of my favorite cast members in the show. And that's like saying a lot because I love it. Basically, every, I love everybody in the cast equally, but like, I really love uh, Philippa Sue's performance and her voice is just gorgeous. Um, so yeah, those are my top five. Nice. Okay, so for my number five, it's a tie between... Washington on your side and the election of 1800. A lot of that has to do with David Diggs's performance. Oh yeah, and, obviously. 
yeah, the, like David Diggs and the harmonies between him and Okira. I I'm gonna butcher his name. Um, Okirate Anadawan. How'd I do there? I believe it's good. Um, for simplicity, um, you can call him Oak if you want. That's what he goes by. Yeah. So um, both 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 those tracks have have great um, harmonies between David and Oak and uh, Les Leslie and Judor. I, I have the slight edge towards the election of eighteen hundred because it's it's more of a climactic moment in the story where as Hamilton even puts it, the country is facing a difficult choice. Who of these two villains is going to hold the office of president? And this is one of those songs that I, I watch the animatics of pretty much all the time. If, if, if you haven't seen any of the animatics on YouTube, they, they, add, they add like a, a special layer to the music that you don't, you don't get from either watching the, the Disney Plus pro shot or just or seeing it live it's it's a, it's like a whole new experience um so number four would be non-stop because as an act one finale it, it does a great job like bringing like at least four different themes together plus it's it's it's, it's a really nice way to give like everyone their their time to shine but uh, but especially Les, leslie odom jr who kind of who kind of becomes the uh the Frank Grimes of the story at this point. Yeah, I believe, personally, I actually think that um, Burr is, the show is ultimately kind of about Burr, personally. That's just a um, thing. I think dramaturgically, it is really about him in the way that um, Amadeus is really Salieri's story. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. Um, and, it, and it makes sense because he's, He's the one who narrates the events of the story. And also uh, he won the Tony for um, that part over Lynn, so. Which, which is very, very deserved. Yeah. Number three would be Satisfied because I think Renee Elise Goldsberry has the voice of an angel. And like I said uh, earlier, the, like, the, like the state, like the production during this number is something I'm always always amazed by every every time i've seen it like like when they're doing the rewind around the the turntable stage it's just incredible number two is it's quite a uptown um my number two and number one are they they flip back and forth pretty much every time it's it's quite uptown is one of the few songs in this show that that brings you to tears right right after you see them lose their son in the duel it's 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 just a heartbreaker. Yeah. And my number one is Yorktown. This in in, in any other show, that would be your act one finale. Yeah. Because it's it's a ma- it's a major turning point, not not only in in this story, but in American history. So it makes sense to have a musical number that, you know, really brings the fire. Yeah, and they chose it uh, for the Tony Award performance to show off the show, so they definitely knew what they had there. They had they had a little bit of something to get people hyped up um, to see the show, also. So, yeah, but but yeah, but really, really, any any one of these tracks could could have made my top five. Some yeah. some songs I I didn't mention were 
right hand man yeah which which works as both the show like the song in the production and jonathan young's cover which is yeah. probably one of the best hamilton covers that i've heard mm-hmm. also i'd be remiss if i if i didn't mention king like king george's pretty pretty much his, his entire late light motif yeah with you'll be back what comes next and i know him yeah and uh, including uh, Jonathan Groff's uh, spit <laughs> dribbling <laughs> down his face, which apparently almost got removed, and I'm so glad they didn't because it is iconic. You you can't you you can't remove something that integral to his performance. I will I will bottle Jonathan Groff's spit and like keep it next to my bed just and look at it every night in awe of that performer and that spit that is iconic spit disney plus don't mess with jonathan groff spit yeah you you don't want to mess with that yeah um i want to um also bring up the room where it happens which is such a great freaking song i'll just say that all of leslie odom jr's yeah deserve a mention he deserves his own like section of like greatness because his voice just his voice and his performance just melts me now have have you heard any of his music out outside of hamilton like any of his uh his solo records i mean i haven't like really dived into them but i've like listened to them like off and on when they've come on and i, I always do kind of turn to butter yeah like um his 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 single uh, go go crazy is is just a bop yeah. So, I I, th- I think I've made it clear that uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is probably my favorite. He 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 probably gives my favorite performance. Um, what what about you? I mentioned Philippa Sue, um, and I because I really do love her. But like, it's really hard to choose. Steffi Diggs is fantastic, and and the way he like is so just so. It seems so casual the way he's able to. Uh, rap that quickly in guns and ships is i mean like i've tried to do it in my spare time and can't not even come close to the way he's able to do it it's incredible um yeah but i it's really hard to pick but for me i really love uh philippa sue but it's it's a difficult difficult comp it's a difficult uh contest it's there's no easy winner it's like a choosing between my babies and i can't do that yeah they they have they've assembled a all-star cast in this i've i've heard i've heard people say this is like the avengers of of broadway theater and honestly they're not wrong yeah another another performance that deserves attention is chris christopher jackson as Mm -hmm. as george washington yeah yeah especially especially um, when he's singing in History Has Its Eyes on You and One Last Time. Yeah. And then there's um, some, something, something else I wanted to bring up is the fact, the fact that it almost seems like Act 1 and Act 2 are, are like two, two different musicals, but um, they're, they're like, two, like two very distinct halves mm-hmm. that, that form a whole. Yeah. Something I do want to say, um, I just want to, like, I want to briefly 
very briefly touch on the discourse that's been happening with the show on on the internet because Twitter's going to Twitter. And all I do want to say is I do think that there are critiques of the show that are perfectly valid. And I do think like it's something that the show does consciously want its viewers and audience members to discuss. I, I think that that is a critical part of why the show is special because like you can debate and talk about like what each thing means and how well it tells the story. And another thing is it's not particularly meant to be a representation specifically of realistic history. It is, it is a work of art and it should be examined as such. It should not be looked at like as specific, like you should not look at it to get like history from it. It is some, it is a jumping off point to analyze and discuss um, America's foundations, I feel. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, it sucks when people begin and end their, their criticisms with, oh, this isn't historically accurate, because A, that's kind of missing the point of the musical. This is, this is, this is less historic, like historical fiction and more historical mythology, if that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, it's the story of America, of America, uh, America's origin. I think even Lin-Manuel says it's the story of America's past told through America's present. Right. Um, so that's, that, that's, that's something that bothers me when like people get too, too nitpicky about, about the details, what, like whether or not these events are historically accurate. Yeah. And the whole show is like about like how flawed these characters are. It's not like, I mean, I think it does like kind of gloss over some things, but on the other hand, it's not like it, it like glorifies them all to like an utmost extreme. It's about like how, it's about how stories get told ultimately. It doesn't like completely ignore like some of the like bad things that these people did. Right. Um, And if, if they were to address every, everything um, that happened during during this point in history, the show would be like five six hours long. Yeah. So this is a very deliberate arc of like the rise and fall of one of I guess like our least discussed um, founding father. Because let because let's be honest, how like how how much of Alexander Hamilton's history did you know before before going into the musical well i kind of blanked out everything i learned in ap us history after high school but um because it was high school and i just wanted to forget everything um but joking aside um yeah you're right and the thing is the story of hamil of alexander hamilton as a person is a very like it it does almost like feel like it is a not it, i wouldn't say it feels like a fictional story but it's a story that is very powerful and can be told like through a medium like this and like feel so theatrical and dramatic because like there is a lot of like poetry and how uh, he died in the same way his son died before him in a duel. And um, like, there's a lot of, to quote George Lucas, it like rhymes. 
um, for lack of a better um, comparison. Um, and I think there is something to that. It is a very interesting story um, to look at. Now, go, going back to, um, you know, the production of things, um, and one thing that's kind of fascinating is um, who, who they decide to double cast um, between the two acts. Mm-hmm. Like, you have David Diggs playing Lafayette in Act 1 and Thomas Jefferson in Act 2. So you have Lafayette um, help, helping the Americans fight, fight in the Revolutionary War while Jefferson is in France. And then it's like the great switcheroo yeah. in Act 2. I, I also, I also kind of like how it's, it's Anthony Ramos playing, um, playing Alexander's friend slash lover, question mark? There is some debate in history as to that. Um, all I'm going to say is probably. It very possibly in real life. They did write. There were some letters that were exchanged that seem a little bit more platonic. It's a little bit more apparent when you're, watch- when you're watching the show than, than it is um, when you're listening to the soundtrack. Oh, and yeah. not just because they cut out the second reprise of Story of Tonight. Um, and then you have Oak playing Hercules Mulligan and James Madison. Yeah. So you have you have um, one one of one of Hamilton's friends in Act One playing basically his his mortal enemy, or yeah. just a guy who hates him. Yeah. And then if, and then you have Peggy um, playing and Peggy, <laughs> and Peggy playing uh, Mariah Reynolds in act two yeah I don't, I don't really have much else to say about that that's that's just like that's perfect casting yeah now as far as performances go you you guys have noticed i haven't really given much praise for lynn himself and i'll i'll be honest as as great as he is a writer a lyricist and a musician as an actor he's he's borderline in, in last place when it comes to this cast yeah i don't fully disagree with that, I do think that, like, there is a caveat. I do kind of think his performance might come across a little bit better live. I think something about it on camera doesn't translate quite as well. But when it is on camera, it does feel a little out of place. But I think on stage it works a little more um, personally. Um, and I do think, like, ultimately he is a... Something that he does very well is he is a storyteller, first and foremost. Like, he is very good at, like telling the story and like and like moving things kind of along that is like where his strength lies i think as a performer yeah i i think i i think i agree with that and i'm not even saying that his performance is bad it's just it's it's just compared to the people he's he's surrounded by Mm -hmm. yeah i i agree with that like he's surrounded by like a plus 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 talent everywhere yeah but but the but the the num the number both on the soundtrack and on the Disney Plus recording that he excels in is it's quiet uptown. Yeah. But but like you said, that's that's because he also just excels at storytelling. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of story in those like that one uh, four minute scene. Yeah. Uh, changing uh, he's a bit here, but uh, have you heard um, the Muppets Hamilton? 
I I haven't, but I've I've seen I've seen um, those videos going around. Yeah, they just released uh, Act Two, I believe, today. I've been listening to it. It's a uh, it's pretty fun. It's uh, something. Is, is is it the actual Muppets or it's a voice actor like imitating like basically the Muppets and he like casts all of them in different parts. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, you know what that. That that just leads me to um, another discussion. Just all the ancillary material on on YouTube. Like I've I've mentioned before that pretty pretty much ever since uh, this recording uh, went up on Disney Plus, I've I've gone down the rabbit hole of searching like every animatic of a lot of my favorite songs. So the one the ones I've watched the most are Guns and Ships. It's Quiet Uptown and the election of 1800 Some, something something about those three songs work almost as good in the recording as, as they do with the animatics yeah i do um like i really do like enjoy like all those covers and stuff um gotta talk about briefly hamilton polka from weird al of course we because it is fantastic i i was i was wondering when that was going to come up in discussion yeah. And uh, because Lin Manuel is a huge, huge uh, Weird Al fan, like since he was a kid, like so, that was like probably like one of the most major things that could have like honestly maybe happened to him, getting Weird Al to do a um, a polka song, um, a polka compilation of uh, his music. That's got that. I I can only imagine how excited he was when that happened. Um, I, that, that's that's, that's when you know you've made it when weird when Weird Al gets your attention. That's uh, what uh, I believe Kurt Cobain said um, when he uh, when when uh, they did uh, when he did the spook the smells like Teen Spirit. Yep. And there's also a smaller one that I I really enjoyed that I just watched recently. Um, her name is uh, Whitney Avalon. She does uh, some like fun like uh, parody covers that I like, and she did um. Like she basically combined my favorite song from Hamilton and my favorite song from Mean Girls, um, which both uh, have "burn" in the title. Um, the song of Mean Girls is "World Burn," and she combined it those songs kind of. It's really, it's really cool how uh, she did that. I really oh that so that, that does was, that does sound awesome. I I need to check that out. Yeah, it's it's a more of like a filk sort of version of a uh, "World Burn" from Mean Girls, but it's like a really nice. Uh, it's like a it's like a really fun um, idea, and it was like combining my two favorite songs, which both happen to share um, a similar title. So that was very nice and fun to watch. It, it it's so great to see um, to see this musical inspire so much creativity. Whether whether it's something as as simple as and like animatics or just full blown like recreations, like um, like that. Uh, that parody song or the Mupp- or the Muppets uh, version of Hamilton. There's there, there's a lot of stuff out there. You like you just you just have to look for it. Yeah. Uh, now now before we wrap things up, I want I want to talk about some other pro shots that you want to see in the future. Oh boy, there's every Broadway show ever. There, I'm done. Um, no, um, it's really hard to answer because like some of them like don't have full ones like filmed and it's possible they won't get filmed because the shows have closed etc but ideally 
in my uh, own a copy of uh, Beetlejuice musical, which I love very. It's like a very like kind of personal show to me that I really love. Um, if they could, um, and also I would really like um, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 to be archived. That's going to be really hard though, because the staging in that is very reliant on the audience. So that could be difficult. I would like to see Town make an appearance like that with a pro shot. Um, I think those might be like my top choices for shows that I would like to see archived in the way that Hamilton was on Disney Plus. Yeah, two two of those I think are some of mine as well. I've I've been saying this pretty much ever since Hamil- the Hamilton dropped. I'm like, okay, great. So where so where is Beetlejuice? Because this is this is the one that every everyone's been talking about. Everyone who's seen it says like they love it. It's like their favorite musical ever and that that is one that i want i i want to see the whole thing for myself mm-hmm. because i lo- i love the movie but i really love the animated series which apparently the musical takes a lot of cues from it's that best. yeah so that's that's one that i've that i'm really dying to see hades town is is another one pretty much based entirely off of the hype mm-hmm. and Two, two more, which just happen to be Disney titles, are The Lion King mm-hmm. and Aladdin. Now, there's a, there's a rumor going around that Disney Plus is getting a, a pro shot of the West End yeah. production. And don't get me wrong, I would like to see that, but I, really, I want to see like that, like the Broadway cast. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Yeah, show, I really do wish that a lot of these like, great shows could be more accessible, but people are just... They're not like letting uh, more people see them, and I think that's a shame because it won't hurt the industry. Like, 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 like Phantom of the Opera has like quite a few um, like pro shots filmed of it, and for like those like big shows, it won't hurt um, their revenue and how much they make. And for the smaller shows, I think it would bring more attention to them, and I really wish that a uh, they could take advantage and release these, but unfortunately, they haven't gotten the memo, apparently. Which is a shame because theater is, as far as I know, one of, like one of the oldest storytelling mediums. And there, there was a time when when theater was like at its most accessible. But now, because ticket prices ticket prices have have risen, and like right now there is no Broadway because of the world. Yeah. So it like it it would be nice if if a lot of these shows became more more accessible if if for no other reason than to get our youth like in, interested in this medium so they can like keep you know keep keep the tradition uh forward. Yeah. Like the first like my favorite musical of all time is Into the Woods and the first time I saw that was a pro shot that they aired on PBS um, with Bernadette Peters with the original cast. And like that was powerful enough like to get me really, really into musical theater. And like without that, I don't know if I'd have the same outlook. So like making theater like that accessible is like a way, a really great way, I think, to get more people involved and to see more shows and to get exposed to them. And like, 
for people who don't have the means to afford like hundred dollar tickets. I'm I'm a little bit fortunate in that where I live we have we have a um like a like a local um Broadway theater league where um where national tours will cut will come in for two nights. Mm-hmm. So I've I've seen I've seen like my fair share of of shows live. Mm-hmm. But it's it's never it's never quite the same as being there on on Broadway. Mm-hmm. The only the only show I've seen on Broadway is is Wicked, mm-hmm. and even then it wasn't with the original cast. So yeah. that that that's that's another thing. Um, it, like in in order to sort of immortalize these great Tony like Tony Award winning performances, that's that's another incentive to release more more pro shots. Yeah. And there, like there's there are so many streaming services now that it should it should be a lot easier to see these than than it is. Yeah, um, there is a Broadway HD which has like some like obviously like there it does have some and it's like a good selection. But it, like like I mean it really wouldn't hurt to have like more shows to watch and more shows to get into because some more often than not the cast recordings while great don't cut it quite the same way like you kind of want to just see what the show is that the cast recording can only do so much right and Hamilton is sort of an exception because because before before this became a Broadway production Lynn conceived this as as like a concept album right so that like this is the only cast recording that also just kind of doubles as a great album yeah, I mean, most of, uh, like, a lot of Andrew Lloyd Webber's stuff, um, like, originated as concept albums, like Evita and Jesus Christ Superstar. So it's not, like, particularly new, but yeah. All right, so any any final thoughts on Hamilton? Um, if you haven't watched it yet, join the rest of the world. And, I mean, just uh, give in, see how you feel, let every, like... Post like your comments on and thoughts about it. Um, love to see them. Um, love different takes on it. Um, even if we disagree, it's like I think that the discussion itself is necessary um, for uh, theater criticism and for that to survive. Um, yeah, yeah. I I pretty much co-sign all all of that. This is I'm I'm glad that Hamilton of all of all things is like is more more or less the star wars of musical theater in that it, it's it's getting a lot more eyes on the medium yeah i just love pretty much everything about this uh this show from from the album the cast recording to the disney plus recording and even and even the mixtape minus that one jimmy fallon song oh yeah I, I, I had all but erased that from my memory. <laughs> I apologize for that. But anyway, this this was a fun a fun discussion. I'm glad I'm glad we got to talk about everything surrounding this wonderful, wonderful production. Yeah. So before we go, Hayden, where can everyone find you online? You can find me on Twitter at the Hayden Wilder and on Instagram at just at Hayden Wilder, know the in the Insta. Nice. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CaptainK42. Check out all my quick thoughts on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. 
and look for me in all the various Facebook pages, just at my name. Don't forget to check out our previous podcasts on Anchor and Spotify. And of course, check us out on Twitter at RenPopCulture. And of course, check out our website, RenegadePopCulture.com. Thank you guys for joining us for another podcast. We will catch you guys later. Peace.